Good morning and welcome in to a Tuesday edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao along with Maurice Patton and J.P. Plant coming to you from the TriStar Sports Radio headquarters in Columbia, Tennessee. We are in a brand new studio this morning in an effort to combat some connectivity issues we've had over the last couple of shows brand new meaning new brand new to us to this show yes i wouldn't necessarily call it a brand new studio yeah thanks for making that clarification new to us and we feel confident (laughs) new to you in its efficiency new new to you and i actually not new to jp yeah this is jp's office yeah Yeah. that's what this is got a different you guys are facing each other. What? How do you like that? This is this is different. I don't have an. I this is different. It could be worse. We could be facing you. No. <laughs> oh. Touche, bro. Touche. No, we're. That's... And JP is centered on the wall. We we appreciate hey, that. Yeah, yeah. That that symmetry there is a good thing. Yeah. Oh um, man, it, it, this would be more. Um, apropos for a Facebook Live type deal oh, where certainly. you can see. Just put All it, the goings are right on there. Here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Would be good to go. Might be something to think about. Uh, uh, yeah. We, th- we could work throw on a tripod, tripod right there. Be in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys could even watch us and listen. Oh, that's How cool would you be? Of course, that would kind of take away the face for radio thing that I've. It would just lied. confirm it. <laughs> Without <laughs> doesn't, question. Doesn't take away, it confirms. Uh, we've got a great show for you lined up today. We're going to give out some hardware here in just a few minutes. Of course, we uh, normally have our friends from the Williamson Herald on on Tuesdays. We are working to make sure that happens. Uh, also, lots of high school hoops from last night. We'll continue talking about Vanderbilt football and their coaching search um, and, and other things among their program. And uh, we might try to get Chip Walters back on. I think he is um, he's a little busy from 10 to 10.30 this morning as he prepares for the Blue Cross Bowl. He's a little busy. We're a little gun shy. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I feel like we are in a good position uh, here in studio in jp's studio b studio b (laughs) yeah we have we haven't officially named our studios and is this like rca studio b i I don't know you know because you know those that are familiar with with our building you walk in and it's the first room on your left what used to be and i guess to some may still be the green room perhaps Mm. it was used as people would uh, but we do have the you know, the radio windows to see through. We have three studios essentially, and so only one has a piano in it. Only though. one has a piano. That would be this one. <laughs> That's correct. Um, so I I don't know what we're. Can you uh, bang us out a tune? Uh, I can play. Uh, I can actually <laughs> play. Little lamb. Imagine. Can uh, you John pl- Lennon? Can you be our John Batiste? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Play us in and out. That's right. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, a little flair. It'd be different. I like Baptiste. Yeah, yeah, he's good. We may have to. Oh, man, you know good. what? We that might happen. I played a little Mickey Mouse yesterday. Why not do a little piano today? Who knows? <laughs> and if anyone 
you you said that the studios have no names, but mm-hmm. if anyone would like to take care of that for That's us, right. yes, yeah, you can name all the studios. You can name all of our studios for nominal fees. A nominal fees, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we can be bought. <laughs> Oh, that isn't, yeah, that, that's never been an issue at all. I will say the microphones in here are, are deeper. I feel. You think they're deeper? Yeah. It's nice. Um, It's um, it's a little effect I got going on. Hey, he's putting this in the, he's got, he's got a filter on our voices now. We have the beauty filter. It's like Instagram, but for your voice. For your voice. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm a little concerned with that. Hey, when, when your voice is feeling just a four, leave it to JP. He'll put you at a seven. I'm here for that. I'm here for it. So, so you hey, can, are you are you feeling a seven or higher? I'm feeling you, the seven. Are you? I, I like a seven. I'm a fan. Okay. So you can make a bad good and a good great. Then, huh? Is that it? Yeah, I can also Look, take I, a decent a, and and take it to the dumpster or the trash can juice. I, I, I can I'm do a, that too. I'm a seven all the way around, JP. <laughs> all the consistent. Way I'll if, take a seven. If, yeah, if nothing but consistent. Seven's a perfect go. number for me. Uh, I, I, that's and seven was a perfect number last oh, night hey. for Columbia Academy. <laughs> nice. You, you segued and didn't even realize it. <laughs> Had no idea. No. Uh, yeah. And and I definitely want to talk about the lucky sevens from Columbia Academy, but. I kind of want to get into that a little later, but there is a, a a great story on our website if you haven't read it yet about Columbia Academy's wins over Athens Bible School last night. Both teams scored seventy seven points, both girls mm-hmm. and boys, and Tanner Ham drained seven three pointers. So sevens all around, <laughs> sevens all around consistency. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. But we do have some things we do need to get to, such as handing out some hardware. Uh, as we typically have done on Monday, I think this is going to be a Tuesday morning thing from now on. Yeah, and uh, I think we've kind of made that transition. And I like it. I like, you know, first thing Tuesday. Let's, let's give, because it is Giving Tuesday. Giving uh, Tuesday. Yeah. It's Giving mm-hmm. Tuesday. So we're going to give out some awards. It's the first I like of it. the month. And it's the first of the month, December one, we have made it to Ooh. month number twelve in twenty twenty, my friends. Who'd have thunk? Who would have thunk? Golf clap for that, right? Never. There. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my goodness. It has been a whirlwind of a year. And I saw something on Twitter yesterday, day before. It was when that sheriff's office out in Colorado tweeted a small boulder the size of a large boulder is blocking the road. <laughs> or or vice versa, a large boulder the size of a small boulder. And they were like, this tweet really like started 2020. <laughs> and it really like I mean that's that's exactly what it was. And it went downhill. It went downhill from there. From there. <laughs> yeah. Like like a large boulder. The size of a small boulder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, how do you compose that tweet and then go, yep, that looks good. (laughs) Run it. (laughs) Stop the presses. Stop the presses. Oh, man. Sorry, tangent there. (laughs) It is is the 1st of December. We've made it to December of 2020, and if we make it through December, we'll be fine. 
<laughs> Hat who, tip who is Merle that? Haggard. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Hat tip Merle Haggard. All right. End to win life. Team of the week is brought to you by Custom Stone Handlers. And for their efforts in uh, remaining undefeated to this point, the Columbia Central girls were last week's team of the week. This week, it will be their counterpart, the Columbia Central boys, because they also are undefeated to this point in the season. They are 4-0? I think they're 4 yeah, I think they're four now. I believe they are four and zero with wins over Forest, Smyrna, Smyrna, Centennial, and Marshall County, all before Christmas. So they have not played. I'm sorry, all before Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. all before the holiday. It, it was before Christmas. Yes, that's true. <laughs> they are they are four and zero. They return to action tonight. They do at home against Forest. I believe is that correct. Uh, you know what? I'm not com- entirely sure. I believe that's it. But accurate. I think that's right. Um, hang on. We got a schedule on we, the website. We do, in fact. At sm-tnsports.com. It is Forest at Home tonight. It is Forest at Home tonight. They play They they play Thursday at Innsworth. Yeah. That was breaking news last night from Creech on JP's show. Oh. Well, I'm glad he told you. <laughs> You're listening, but no, yeah. Uh, oh. it, it literally happened. Oh, no, yeah. burn. <laughs> it uh, it literally happened. I think right as he was coming on, yeah. he well, I mean, confirmed fine. it with Campbell. Okay, that's fine. At five o'clock yesterday, yeah. <laughs> we haven't a lot of, a lot of hours since then. It's yeah. twenty after nine this morning. <laughs> well, you know, from from five to nine is his time. Oh, that's fine. It's teachers, I mean, right? You know, <laughs> that's after five is my time. Well, but yes, there, and that's true. Do do not call your teachers at night. By the way, after three thirty is their time. Let them have their off time. Just FYI, if you're listening out there and you like to call your kids teachers, don't. Okay, so is that game at Ensworth or yes. is it here? I believe it is because up we in talked Nashville. about yes, Campbell traveling. Dra- driving yeah. an hour. Yeah. Okay, so is it is it a boys girls double header or is it just boys? Sure. <laughs> so in other words, you don't know. All right. <laughs> I don't listen when people are on my show. I'm just I'm up. No, I'm kidding. I, well, I, I think it's, I think it's, I think yeah. it's both. I think, I think it's, it's a double Yes, yeah, I do believe it's. So there you go. They're going to go to Innsworth. Um, that they were originally scheduled to play um, Harpeth. Harpeth on Thursday, and um, they had to cancel because Harpeth had some um, COVID issues. Yeah. Anyway, the Columbia Lions boys basketball team is our end to win team of the week that's correct sponsored by custom stone handlers and our covenant technology player of the week i i will say i am i saw both of these players play last week and just fantastic and one of them is santa fe guard andy slaughter who had 32 and 12 in a win over grace at grace I am looking forward to this season for that young man. He, um, he's he been impressive his first two years, and he's really done a lot of work over this summer, and I um, think he's going to have a great junior season. Yes, absolutely. And uh, his he, he's grown a little bit, gotten a little thicker, a little stronger. He looks really good on the basketball court. Also, we're going to give out a co-player of the week this week. Also... 
from Santa Fe. And I lobbied for Emmy Bates to be a co-player of the week this week because she forced Grace to completely change their defense uh, to stop her. <laughs> so that's uh that, that's a pretty it's a pretty solid uh argument there as she had um she had a game high 20 points against Grace mm-hmm. and Grace said, "Hey, maybe we should probably stop Emmy Bates for a while." <laughs> and so they went to a box and one and she and, still wound up with 20, huh? Well, it, it she did score after that, but the box and one was certainly a challenge because they hadn't practiced against the box and one. Jonathan Slaughter said we we didn't think that was coming, but uh, it did, and so now they'll practice against it, and I, I doubt that that will happen again. Of course, so once you're ready for it, why would anybody else do it? But no, um, she was kind of the catalyst for that team last year, and. Um, Missed a couple of games late in the season, and you could kind of tell the difference in them with and without her. She's a, she's a player. She's solid. Absolutely solid. Um, so, yeah, our Covenant Technology Players of the Week, Emmy Bates and Andy Slaughter, both of Santa Fe. Well done. Congratulations to those young folks. And our Patio West Scholar Athlete of the Week is? Going back to Columbia Central and um, the boys team with – Junior guard Q Martin. Q. 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 Um, it's, like, it's like when they say Coop in Dallas and in Alabama. It almost sounds like you're booing him, but mm-hmm. it's really Q. No, it's Q. It's, it is not boo. It's Q. Um, and I, I'll be I'll be straight up with you. I cannot pronounce his first name. I, As, it's, it's A-H-Q. Easy. E-E-Z-E. E-E-Z-E. Aquise. E-E-Z-E. Maybe. Sounds like a quiz. It, it does sound like a quiz, actually. I'm not sure. So, but, but Q sounds great. Q, that's, that's easy. Q is way easier. I mean, yeah. yeah. Fortunately, he doesn't go by his name. He just goes, he goes by, by Q. Q. And we but, appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, in addition to his scoring on the floor, though, he's got a 3.5 grade point average. Not bad for a junior athlete. So, congratulations to Q Martin, our patio west. Scholar Athlete of the Week. All right. When we come back, do we have Charles on the line? We're going to go later. Okay. We're going to go hoops next. We'll talk about those Lucky Sevens from Columbia Academy and also your time out in Hampshire last night. Interesting. Interesting night over there. You're definitely going to want to listen into this segment. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. 
They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. The playoffs live on TriStar Sports Radio. He's got some open field. Brandon McKean, 50, 40, 30, He's gone, baby. 20. No one is going to catch him. Pierce has got a lane, 40. 35 cuts back yes. in. Come on, baby. And it's a touchdown from Destin Wade to Brady Pierce. The road to Cookville ends Friday night. Summit, Oak Ridge on TriStar Sports Radio. And welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Yes. The playoffs and the Blue Cross Bowl live here on TriStar Sports Radio. Mike Epley, Matt Rogers will be on the call Friday night as the Summit Spartans take on Oak Ridge. Going to be a lot of fun and really excited about that game. You can hear our show live from Tucker Stadium on Friday morning. Blue Cross Bowl will be getting ready to kick off as we take you right up to kickoff as a matter of fact we'll take you up to the alcoa Milan kickoff class 3a at 11 o'clock on friday division two starts on thursday so gonna be a lot of fun and that first one lipscomb academy and cpa uh really excited to talk about that later this week because that's going to be a really good ball game and all three games all three days will be televised on my tv 30 locally and we'll talk a little bit more about this later but again that um that 11 o'clock thursday game between lipscomb academy and cpa for the division two double a championship followed by university school of jackson and davidson academy at three in the d2a title game um chip walters will be mike's side for both those he's also got a couple of games on saturday again we'll talk about the full schedule in the second hour when we hope to have chip, chip walters, walters. Yeah. ah football's big football's happening what's what you got oh i've just um i've received confirmation from, i've received word from columbia central girls assistant Carden Cobb Virgo that that Thursday game against Innsworth is in fact a double header. Double header. Dose of those babies. And um, just making sure that it is at Innsworth. Um, but yeah. Well, they were talking about how <laughs> he said Creech said poor Nick he drives 45 minutes up here now he's got to drive an hour to longer to Innsworth and um he said but he's single with no kids so doesn't really matter <laughs> wow who really cares <laughs> man man single got no kids who cares man that's harsh <laughs> I mean you know there's another private school they could have played that's a little bit closer to home but you know here we are now they got a game tonight anyway. Shots or Thursday, too. Fire. They got a game tonight and Thursday. Yeah. And we'll talk about them. Columbia yeah. Academy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay, so it is at Innsworth. It is a doubleheader. Thank you, Cardin Cobb Virgo. Appreciate your help. Um, 
looking out for us. Tell you that Columbia Academy team's pretty good. That basketball team that I was just talking about. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit more about them. Go because ahead. last night I go over there. Obviously, Athens Bible, not a big basketball school. We talked about how pretty good at baseball. Um, they, they've got eight state runner-ups and like one state championship, but still very good at baseball. Oh, kind of the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, of- very Atlanta Braves. Okay. Um, couldn't get past GW along, which back in the early 2000s, they were a powerhouse. But um, they came up last night from Athens and... Like I said in the last segment, Columbia Academy put up 77 points in both the boys' and girls' games. and That's a lot of points. Yeah. And Tanner Ham had seven three-pointers in the first half against the Trojans, which I find to be an odd nickname for a Christian school. Well, it's interesting that Athens Bible is the Trojans and Collinwood is the Trojans as well. Nah, so you, we both covered... Visiting Trojans last night. There we night. go. Yeah. Both green. I wonder if green and Trojans has some sort of correlation. I don't know. I mean, Southern Cal is the biggest Trojan that I know of, and they're red and gold. Troy is the Trojans, and they're red. So That is weird. I, I, don't, I don't know. I I just I know that and it's weird that Troy's the Trojans, but there's that's a whole other thing because it was the Greeks who went into Troy with the Trojan horse. So I don't understand how Troy and Trojans <laughs> make sense. Maybe Histori- it doesn't. Historically, that's very odd to me. Location, location, <laughs> location. There you go. I guess. Uh, anyway, um, so Athens Bible comes up. They get pretty pretty well drilled. Um, <laughs> it was it was not um, it, it was not a very good. I think that may have kind of been the objective on the part of Columbia Academy. It may have been, but I I don't know. I think Columbia Academy is just struggling to find folks to play them. And that's understandable when you've got guys like Tanner Tanner Ham. And (laughs) who, by the way, at halftime, we were informed that Ham was too three-pointers away from tying the school record for most in a game. And he put up two in the third quarter and missed both, unfortunately. Uh, I was really hoping to see him. At least he tried. I guess he tried. Um, But he led all scores with 32 points. Ironically, the only Columbia Academy player in double figures. You know what's interesting, though, about, about that situation? Yeah, we we talk about you know, we had Tommy Pretty on um from the Paris Paris Post Intelligencer talking about their running back Jermarcus Johnson and what the coaching staff at Henry County did to try to get him a record. Right. Yeah. You know, it it's interesting to see the approaches that coaches and coaching staffs take with that kind of thing. Just how much are we gonna do? You know, there's a fine line between trying to do something for a kid and embarrassing a team, that type thing. I mean, how many threes are you going to let Tanner Ham take in an obvious blowout type situation well, in the name of trying to get a record maybe? He and, told him to shoot the ball. He pulled him to the side and told him to shoot the ball. Tanner did not try to shoot the ball a lot. He was he, he dished it off quite a bit. And matter of fact, I mean, I because I, I'm over there, I'm thinking, right. okay – 
I need to get some pictures of this kid and to make sure that if, you know, if he gets the record, I've got a picture of him shooting, you know, for the, for the story and uh, tons of pictures of him dishing it. (laughs) (laughs) Tons of pictures of him passing in the third quarter and several players took three pointers, including Tanner and, and, but Tanner's both came with about a minute and a half to go and they, they just weren't, they weren't really good shots. Um, he had a couple of good shots and good open opportunities that he did not take. Um, and, and I don't know that he was aware of the situation. Um, I don't know that, you know, Marty told him what was going on, but he did tell him to shoot, shoot the, ball. the ball. Um, well, typically that's not the type of thing that you have to tell a basketball player multiple times. I do I do distinctly remember, and JP may appreciate this, when I was covering Vanderbilt women's basketball a few years back, um, they had a player from Australia, a guard, whose name fails me at this point. She was only there one year, I think. But um, she went in. I mean, her job was to shoot the ball, shoot the three ball. And a couple of trips down, up down the floor, she – she ran the offense. She kicked it around, and Foster's booming voice, shoot or sit. That's good. Yeah. So, I mean. <laughs> I mean, if that's shoot, your job, that's your you job. Have, yeah, exactly. You yeah. had one job. You had one job. Exactly. Yeah. So Shoot the ball. That being said, after the game, you know, Marty told me Tanner's a great kid to coach because he's all about the team. So, <laughs> Yeah, he had 32, but he had two buzzer beaters, one at the end of the first quarter and one at the end of the second quarter. There's video of that on the website in our story on sm-tnsports.com. But, yeah, he had 32. Athens Bible had 31. Tough <laughs> night if you're Athens Bible. <laughs> also, in the, but Columbia Academy, all of their – all everybody in their roster, on their roster scored last night. Every single player. Uh, Drew Butt had nine. Will Jackson had nine. Uh, Columbia Academy knocked down 11 threes, including Will Jackson's three that gave him those nine points. So there you go. On the girls' side, um, Maddie Lewis led Columbia Academy with 18. Avery Slaughter had 13. Um, Abby Ballard had 10. And Allie Ballard had 12. So Abby had 10, Allie had 12, and Avery Slaughter had 13. Um, and a 77-20 to 20 win. They are scheduled to play Fayetteville tonight in a doubleheader at Fayetteville. Uh, Coach <laughs> Coach Desjardins said uh, this one would be much different than the next time they play them because <laughs> <laughs> he's he said this week is uh, obviously tough for for them. But you know he, I don't Fayette, know how many they get out of football, but enough. It, yeah, it makes a difference. That's well, for sure. a- after we talked to. Coach uh, Morrison yesterday mm-hmm. sounds like he recruited the hallways pretty well, and he may have several basketball players on his squad. Which is always an interesting dynamic if you are the basketball player. It would be interesting to talk to Chris Murdoch at Fayetteville or Jim Fay at Summit about that type situation. Well, he he Jim Fay will tell you he wants them to go as far as they can go because mm-hmm. once he gets them in that winning mentality just spills over. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And he's going to get quite a few. Uh, real quick, last mm-hmm. night you were over at Hampshire. I was over at Hampshire. Bottom line is both the Hawks and the Lady Hawks lost. Um, 
Hampshire girls lost 58-45. Ronnie Brewer, their coach, is in quarantine and will be until the weekend. His wife, Lisa, was diagnosed with COVID-19, and so um, he's he's out of the mix for a bit. But um, this was their season opener, both both the boys and girls. Again, girls lost 58-45, gave up 10 three-pointers in the loss. Um, let them... Carly Rowland finished with 11 points. Caden Stoner came off the bench to score 10 in the loss. In the nightcap, the boys came in having lost their last 44. Came close to breaking that streak, ultimately falling 55-49. Aiding Collinwood's victory were two points by freshman Peyton Morton in the third quarter. Peyton Morton plays for Hampshire. Um, that's not that's not good. That's not a good thing. You're not su- yeah. you're not supposed to do that. That's that's not good. Who got the points? Um, they credited the points to Joe Houston Thompson. So he officially finished with 22 points to lead Collinwood. They call him Joe Houston. I love. They that. call him Joe Houston. I love that. Yes. Um, that's a great name. Yeah, it was um it was a pretty good ball game actually. It was twenty to fifteen at the half. Um Collinwood hits a flurry early on, extends the lead to twenty seven fifteen. Hampshire cuts it back. They're looking to get it they're down eight when um Morton grabs a defensive rebound and turns and sticks it back up and in. Um Hey, Way to put it back up, man. There you go. Go Get, up with it. Go, go up, up with, with it. it. I, you know. Ideally, you do it at your end of the floor. But, um, <laughs> you know, what's funny, and, and I – here's the thing. One one thing you have to realize, we're not trying to embarrass anybody. No. But this happened, and um, he's a freshman. It's He'll get happen. over it, you know. And, and you it's know, just, just in the excitement of the moment and that kind of thing, you just kind of forget where you are. It's like I'm going to score, and well, he did. It's like what you know, like like what John Paul Jones said in your story here. That he's a ball of energy. <laughs> it's it's hard. I played with a guy like that. His name was Matthew Halk. I promise you, he was going 125 percent at all times. There was one speed and one speed only. And I'll bet you this kid is very similar. Pretty much, pretty much. So he, he did block a shot from behind See? later in the game. I mean, he did he some good things. Yeah, but um, Jones, I asked him, I said, um, you got to be glad that game didn't come down to two points. And he said, it's funny. I, I told their coach, we got two guys playing tonight that are just balls of energy. One of them's going to score for you tonight. Jinx. Yeah, that's what he said. I jinxed myself. Uh, we've got coverage of the game and of the CA game as well, both on the website at sm-tnsports.com. Good job, Cameron Bass, poured in 17 for All in the, the second half. All in the second half. Look yeah. There. So, um, you know. Joe Houston. <laughs> this Hampshire team looked a little bit better than some other Hampshire teams in the past. So I think they're going to be somebody to keep an eye on over the course of this season. So, um Let's do that. We will do that. All right, real quick. Um, when we come back, we're going. Do we want to run through the schedule real quick? Uh, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, tonight's schedule, um, which may or may not be subject to change, like Thursdays. Um, 
Yeah, you've got Columbia Academy, like we said, traveling to Fayetteville. Spring Hill is hosting Dixon County. I'll be there for you Raider fans. Santa Fe hosting East Hickman. Columbia Central is hosting Forest. Um, Hampshire goes to Zion Christian. That's the season opener for the Eagles and Lady Eagles. Uh, Ravenwood goes to Independence in 11 AAA action, as is that Dixon County Spring Hill game. Uh, Richland travels to Cornersville. Summit will host a split doubleheader. Rockvale's girls, Nolansville's boys will both be visiting Spring uh, Summit in Spring Hill. Tullahoma goes to Summertown, and Wayne County goes to Mount Pleasant. In wrestling action today, Independence goes to Fairview, and, Frank- and Franklin will host Dixon County, Spring Hill, and Summit. Matches Those matches will begin at 6 o'clock. Indy's at Fairview at 5.30, so... Um, Get your mat fix, and if you're going to matches in Williamson County, the um, you only have four tickets per per participant. per participant. Yeah, so so make sure you're on the list if you're planning to go. Pay for you to go and get your feelings hurt. That's right. All right. When we come back, we will talk to Charles Pulliam of the Williamson Herald. We'll talk about high school football, some hoops, and maybe some wrestling. Maybe a little wrestling. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. I'm Maurice Patton, joined by Chris Yao. We are Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, and we are coming to you live weekdays from 9 to 11 a.m. with the most in-depth coverage of local high school sports and more. High school sports is what we do, but it's not all we do. That's right. If you want to hear our takes on the Titans, college football, local college sports, and anything else involving pop culture on Top 5 Tuesday or Wild and Wacky Wednesday, this is your spot. Again, it's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today from 9 to 11 weekdays on 101.7 FM WKOM. Keep on telling you I want you, I want you, I need you, I need you. There ain't no way I'm ever gonna love you. Now don't be sad, don't be sad. Cause two out of three, baby. So true. Don't be sad. Little meatloaf for your soul this morning. Because two out of three ain't bad. And we'll talk about all three Williamson County football teams who played on Friday. 
two of which are advancing to the Blue Cross Bowl. Charles Pulliam joins us this morning for the second week in a row. <laughs> that's okay. But, Charles, you know, two out of three ain't bad, is it? No, I'll take it. Yeah, that's uh, that's not too bad, guys. Um, full disclosure, Chris Yow doubles as a DJ, so... Um... <laughs> my, my music knowledge is is, is up there. The, the music selection may kind of go off on the rails from time to time to indulge that. But anyway, Charles, thanks for um, thanks for <laughs> stepping in with us this morning. As as Chris and Meatloaf alluded to um, last <laughs> last weekend, you had Brentwood High School in the six A finals on the road. You had Summit High School in the five A semifinals. Excuse me, Brentwood in the 6A semifinals on the road, Summit in the 5A semifinals on the road, Nolansville in the 4A semifinals at home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, it was, uh, it's it interesting was that, uh, yeah, you, you had quite a lot going on. Interesting that the two road teams came up with the victories, but um, big weekend for Williamson County football, obviously. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. And that's, you know, even the one home game with Elizabethton coming to Nolansville, I mean, you know, Elizabethton's one of the hottest teams around. So uh, <laughs> for them to, to make a make an appearance on this side of the state was pretty great. But uh, to watch our Brentwood boys go through and, and top Bartlett uh, in Memphis, um, that was that was a big one. You know, Bartlett's still uh, their, their top uh, – running back Giamo there, you know, he was still kind of nursing an ankle injury, but the Brentwood boys were just kind of determined, got something done. And of course you guys are doing that great trip out to Paris, Tennessee, watch summit come through. Um, man. Yeah. It was just a, a big night and uh, an exciting one. Knowing we got a couple punching through to be uh, closing out Friday night and Saturday night this week. And you doing the road warrior act down to Memphis and back. What time did you get home Friday? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Saturday. <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. That was, uh, you know, any other day or, well, any other year for that matter, I would have uh, found a good spot. I, I've done a report, I think, from the Flying Saucer of Memphis. Um, it's a fantastic place that has the occasional adult beverage there. But uh, <laughs> I'm shocked. That was that was a really good uh, good year when I was hanging out there for that one. But, you know, there was... There's there's no place to steal some internet or do anything like that, so I just hopped in the car right after. Got home about one thirty or so, <laughs> so uh, not too shabby. I know I, I pushed the speed limit there a couple times, but still it was nice to just kind of get home rather than work in the McDonald's parking lot or something like that, you know? Well, hey, it, it's only illegal if you get caught, but, um, <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned this Brentwood team, and again, they've dealt with adversity both on the field and off the field, and two, like you said, punched their way through two Cookville and a rematch with an Oakland team that they did not fare so well against the first mm-hmm. time around, I think is, um, is a great feat for that program. Oh, without a doubt. And, you know, talking to the kids, uh, guys like Cade Granzow, Spencer Rich, you know, some of these these seniors that have been, you know, staples for this program for several years now. Um, yeah, they're really happy about making it this far. First team to, uh, you know, second team ever in Brentwood history to make it to the championship game. First since 2002, and that was that first year that uh, that gentleman, Ron Crawford, came over and led the boys to the state title there, but you know, 18 years removed. It's a pretty special historic one for the Brentwood boys, but 
all of those guys had the same message and it wasn't like, yeah, we're here. It was like, yeah, we're ready for more. And I think when you go back to that regular season matchup against Oakland, um, they had Thursday practice and a Friday walkthrough before facing, you know, the, the best team in the state, arguably, um, with just, you know, Jordan James, Antonio, the same, those two running backs. How do you prepare for those guys in two hours, <laughs> roughly, of practice time? And, you know, I think that really showed when they lost 37 to nothing. It was just one of those games, one of those COVID situations where you want to go out, you want to play, you want to put your best foot forward and you want the experience. But uh, that was a sour taste for those boys. And every one of those guys wants another shot. And uh, I'm kind of excited about see what uh, see what that Saturday game has for him. Um, I think it it won't be 37 to nothing. I don't think. I, I have to, <laughs> I have to agree with you there. I, I again, I don't think the zero is going to be on the that, yeah. that part of the scoreboard. I, the 35, 37 may be there, but the the zero certainly will not. I, I think they're playing with some some confidence and of course some emotion. Speaking of bad taste, Summit's ready to get a bad taste from Cookville out of their mouth from last year as well. They go over to Henry County and shut down one of the state's best running backs. Hold him to 94 yards on 26 carries and uh, get a 35-21 win over in Paris. Yeah, and winning on the road like that, I mean, what a tough place. And that place uh, is Jamar- tough to play. <laughs> yeah. Well, first yeah. it's tough to get to. Yeah. Yeah, that too. Then there's a pretty um, good team waiting on you once you do. And, you know, when we talk, you talk about your Marcus Johnson, he's the all time leading rusher in that school's history. And to get him to about three and a half yards per carry, that is a huge accomplishment. <laughs> now, obviously, they were able to throw the ball a little more, but still, it was, uh, it was just an impressive performance. And that's a couple, couple of weeks in a row where we've seen some good things from the Summit defense. And at the same time, they're they're giving up little bits here and there, but their game plan's being executed, it seems like. So uh, uh, we, we were on that call uh, yesterday for the, the presser for Oak Ridge and talking with the coach there a little bit. You know, obviously it'll be fresh stuff for Oak Ridge. They haven't been in this position in a long time. Summit has some experience. Most of these guys played in that game. Many started last year. Um, and Coach Coleman said it best. I mean, his guys – you know, really didn't start playing until the second quarter last year. And knowing that they get this opportunity to go in on a state championship stage, been there, done that, I don't think you get jitters out of the gate. And uh, that's that's huge. That's huge on this stage. Yeah, I think, um, I think Coach Coleman has kind of made the comment, and I'm paraphrasing, that maybe he talked too much about the big stage to this mm-hmm. team heading into last year's game against Knoxville Central and, you know, did not stress, you know, it's still 110 by 55, you know, did not take the just another game approach to it, maybe made it too big a game for his kids mm-hmm. and will not make that mistake twice is basically what I've taken from his comments along those lines. And so, you know, live and learn different approach this time around but I, I do think you know in all fairness that when it is your first time sometimes it is tough to to make it just another game I think these guys will do a better job 
I think so too. And it, it just, you know, this, this Oak Ridge team, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, and even, you know, the coach there, he was talking about, they just haven't seen an athlete like a Destin Wade. So how do they prepare for him? And at the same time we saw, you know, it was so great to see Keaton back on the field as well. So you get the double Wade back and that just kind of changes the entire outlook for this summit team and the way Destin's been playing. Um, you know, everyone talks about this Oak Ridge defense. I know they pitched two shutouts in this, uh, playoff run already. Uh, how do you, how do you slow a, a summit team like this with Destin Wade leading the way and doing so much so well? Um, everyone's always talked about him being not that true quarterback. And this is one of the other things we're hearing from coach Coleman is just how, how well, uh, a passer Destin's really become and really shown here. We've seen him pass for, I think, a couple hundred yards just three times, but he did that at beach through uh, six and nine for 173 uh, last week, I think, you know, so he can throw the ball. <laughs> and uh, when he's doing that, it just opens up the field so much more. And I think Oak Ridge with that stat defense is just going to be a little, little more spread out than they used to. Yeah, you know, um, talk to Tom Moore, the the coach at Hillwood, over the weekend in preparation for some stuff we've got coming up this week on sm-tnsports.com. And he mentioned that the first thing that you notice about Destin Wade when you're on the field with him is just how big he is, what a physical specimen he is. He said that it doesn't really come through on film. And mm. you, you don't really get that until you're out there. And he's listed at like 6'4", 205. I'm not sure how accurate that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, you throw in the hair, too. I always think about when, they're, <laughs> when the boys are playing basketball. It's like, man, don't let him take his helmet off because then he's 6'6". <laughs> at least. But um, <laughs> but as you, as you mentioned, in the playoffs, 31 of 46 for 557 yards, nine touchdowns, zero picks. I mean, he's yeah. doing that, and he's taking care of the football. From a coach's standpoint, I'm not sure that you could ask for any more than what he's doing in the passing game. And, oh, yeah, 701 rushing yards and seven scores. <laughs> There's that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, those are just some gaudy season stats, let alone some playoff stuff, man. Jeez. Um, it's just been a pleasure watching him. And then knowing that – Keaton gets to join him on the field there. I, I watched a couple a couple of videos there, saw Keaton get in on that sack at Henry County. Just it's nice to see him out on the field. I know he was itching to be out there at that beach game, just kind of chit chatting here and there with him about what it's been like and how tough it's been. Uh that that'll be pretty cool to be on the stage again. Yeah, and you know, he as you could have almost predicted, he came up with a couple of key stops. For them during that Henry County game, you you mentioned the sack. I think he had two, and and I think both of them came on third down. So, oh, um, you know, timeliness. But mm-hmm. yeah, I I think, and I think we discussed this a little yesterday. I, I think the biggest matchup of this ball game on Friday is going to kind of be strength on strength. Oak Ridge's defense, Summit's offense. Yeah, I think so too. And that's we, you know, looking up some of the guys there for that Oak Ridge team. They got a couple standouts there. Uh, the big junior there. Um, let's see, Bourbon, Jacob Bourbon, leading tackler on the year. Uh, he just he's all over the place, man. I mean, uh, you look at some of the film. He's he's getting 
definitely getting 10 tackles a game, that's for sure. I think he's got 139 so far through 13 games. But guys just all over the place. They've got 24 sacks on the season, this defense. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's impressive. 17 interceptions, I think, as well. So this defense racks up some numbers. It'll be a big test for Summit, but I think we could still go back to that this is the the stage that the boys kind of know, you know, so they know what to expect when they walk out in Tucker stadium. Obviously it'll be a little different maybe because there's less fans. Um, but still it's just kind of that, that setup. It's, it's nice to know what you're getting into, especially on a championship stage. In that other game out of Williamson County on Friday, this past Friday night, you know, obviously, um, as you mentioned, Elizabeth and the defending state champion rolls in there and and pretty decisively takes care of Nolan's full um, second year in a row. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was, I think, the for Nolansville, it was getting to that point was pretty big. I mean, to be able to beat Tullahoma uh, two weeks ago was was just huge. You know, that was the game that the boys wanted to get to again, and they got the opportunity able to knock off a, uh, you know, unbeaten team. And then you just run into a team that's won, what, 28 in a row, 29 in a row now. Um, two Mr. Football finalists. It, it's just, it. they set the, the tone right out of the gate. Bryson Rollins to Troy Parker Hughes immediately. Um, <laughs> they score right off the bat and set the tone for that 56-21 win. Knowlesville just kind of overpowered. But uh, to reach the semifinals, for the second year in a row as uh, to reach the playoffs for four straight years to begin your program it just speaks pretty well about where that Nolensville program is and what they've been able to do. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today on WKOM Columbia 101.7 FM and we're visiting with Charles Pulliam of the Williamson Herald. Charles, you know, for Nolansville to be so young and as a program, back-to-back semifinal appearances is something that this program and this and that school has to be proud of. Obviously, they want to take that next step, but you know, this is what their fourth year, fifth year of varsity mm-hmm. football. Yeah, you've already been yeah. to the semifinals twice, as we've seen. I mean, even with Summit, I mean, it took them ten years, <laughs> or well, eight. But still, I mean, it's it's amazing how Williamson County has been able to put young programs into state championship games. Independence was there pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Summit was there pretty yeah. quick. Nolansville, couple of semifinal appearances. What is it about, I guess, the this county and their athletics? You know, is it just that they put emphasis on athletics and? And that and that makes kids excited to be part of it. Oh, I think it has to do a lot. Yeah, it starts with a lot of the administrations going right through it. I mean, I've been to you know a lot of different athletic events through here, but some of the people I see the most often are principals <laughs> from these local schools. I think of mm-hmm. Kevin Kaidel at Brentwood. I don't think he misses. He was at the district finals for bowling the last time I was there, you know, that kind of thing. He's 
he was in Memphis, obviously, last on Friday. So to see the leaders of these schools consistently in places where all athletics is happening, whether it's bowling, volleyball, soccer, or football, it's just it shows the support right from the top, and that's it's always just kind of impressive to see. And you know, we talk about the summit; uh, it, it's just a group of of Spartans on the sideline all the time, the same ones that you see in the hallways out there. So uh, I think that that just speaks volumes and it shows the kids the support right from the start makes you want to be a part of the program and makes you want to continue the success you see here. And you talk about the new schools, look at some of our old schools in the County having such good years here in Brentwood. Franklin was right there as well. Um, Obviously Ravenwood is always a contender too. I mean, it's just, it's a neat county to kind of see and how it's in the last decade or so, some of the changes for both good and bad, and yet there's still a ton of success here. And it all starts at the top, like you said, and um, they don't just wait until, you know, the big stage either. I saw Kevin Cadell and Brentwood AD Joe Blair at the district golf tournament um, yeah, a few weeks yeah. back. Now, you know, maybe that was just a chance to get out of school. I'm not sure. But at any rate, <laughs> you know, you know, regardless of the motivation, they were there and their kids saw them. And, and I think that's a great thing, like you said, when the kids can mm-hmm. see the administrators out there you know, showing support for them in those competitive situations like that. Yeah, it it just, it says, and it it makes me really enjoy the job of being around these schools even more, knowing that, you know, I get a chat with some of these guys about what's happening here and what's going on there, especially in such trying times like this. It's nice to have a little insight and being like, well, you know, is it, how do we feel about going into a cramped gym? Oh, that's right. We're, We're limiting more and things like that. So you just feel a little better as we move along, especially in such a weird year. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice to have that support system throughout the county. So we, and we are proud to, to be a part of that and to know those folks, Darren joins and, you know, superintendent golden, they, they all do such a great job and we appreciate that. And we appreciate you Charles for all that you have done <laughs> this year and helping us to cover Williamson County Sports on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today and also through the website, sm-tnsports.com. We appreciate your help, and we thank you for your time this morning. Oh, well, you guys do such great work. Keep it up. Looking forward to hanging out Friday night, and I uh, understand it's going to be a little chilly, so I think I have to wear my shorts. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I think we're going to be hanging out Saturday night as well. Yeah, right on. There we go. <laughs> so right. um, we will catch up, man. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks, fellas. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about JP's favorite subject, Vanderbilt's coaching search. Another one. Another one. Another one, one, DJ Khaled. (laughs) (sighs) And, yeah, some other things that have to do with Vanderbilt as well. So when we come back, this is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned.
I'm Chris Yow, joined as always with Maurice Patton. We are Southern Middle Tennessee Sports, and we're coming to you live weekdays from 9 to 11 a.m. with the most in-depth coverage of local high school sports and more. High school sports is what we do, but it's not all we do. If you want to hear our thoughts regarding the Atlanta Braves, the Tennessee Titans, area colleges, and more, be sure and check us out from 9 to 11 a.m. on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. Don't forget about Top 5 Tuesday and Wild and Wacky Wednesday, 9 to 11, weekdays, 1017 WKOM. That's right, it is Top 5 Tuesday. Don't forget about that. Today, fictional sports characters, our top five. We've done movies. Now we talk characters, TV and movies. So that'll be fun. That's coming up in the last segment of the day around 10 till. Right now it's 13 minutes past the 10 o'clock hour. And since we have a... We, we have an odd time schedule today, and, and I apologize for that, but it's because we really wanted to get Chip Walters on after he was cut off yesterday, and um, he's unavailable until 10.30 because he will be part of the broadcasts at the Blue Cross Bowl, and he is doing some show prep on the uh, Class 4A and 2A uh, press conferences for the TWSAA because this class 6A is at 12. So, yeah. Um, so, right now we're going to talk a little Vandy, a little bit more about Vanderbilt's coaching search. But I do want to get... A little bit more about Vanderbilt's weekend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I do want to get some some thoughts here. Because we talked just before the show, Maurice, you know, Sarah Fuller. Sarah Fuller was uh, put on the Vanderbilt football team for their game against Missouri and it's a big deal. Sarah Fuller, the first female to to play in a power five game. Unfortunately, because of <laughs> the uh the struggles of Vanderbilt's offense, all she got to do was kick off once. Yeah, kicked off in the second half, um becoming the first female to play in a <clears throat> excuse me, in a Power 5 football game. Um, And like you said, that was the only action she got because didn't get to attempt any field goals because Vandy's offense. Didn't get close enough. Yeah, yeah. So that wasn't a reflection on her. Yeah, no, that was not. not. (laughs) But, you know, there's been a lot of conjecture, particularly on social media, about whether or not this was a publicity stunt on Vanderbilt's part, just something to try to draw some attention, something to take some attention from how bad the team was. And, and ultimately, we saw Sunday, Derek Mason's dismissal. Um, my thought is, uh, from everything that, that we've heard, they didn't have anybody else to kick. That that was it. She I, was the best option in the school. Yeah. And and I don't I don't understand why that's so hard necessarily to absorb. I mean, if every if every other kicker on the football team was in quarantine or had been contact traced or whatever and was not available, school was shut down. So, you know, it's not like and you could have put out an all call. She was already in pandemic protocols being a member of the women's soccer team that had just won the SEC championship. Right. But not and, only that. She's NCAA eligible. Mm-hmm. She's gone through the clearinghouse. That's important to remember. You can't just take somebody out of your school. They have to go through the NCAA. 
So at that time, so they have to go through the NCAA. They have to be in the pandemic protocol. Correct. And so your your choices are a little bit more limited than I think some people realize. I read somewhere they said they had tryouts on the team and it was awful. Like they tried, like they actually tried some of the players who supposedly had played soccer before, but like when they were six. Yeah. And I'm like, look, okay, when I was a senior, we had tryouts for kicker because I had been kicking all summer long. I wanted to kick extra points. So all I really wanted to do is kick extra points. Well, I mean, I've never played soccer. I don't know how to kick a soccer ball. I don't know how to kick soccer style. Didn't didn't had no intentions. I kicked straight on. Oh, you did the toe kick straight on. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, wow. I pulled my my heel to my butt and just boom right wow. through. Now, I, I made extra points like yeah. a madman. I was really good at extra points, and I I could get to about thirty yards, give or take. Um, but at no angles had to be literally straight, straight on, straight on. If it wasn't straight <laughs> on, I wasn't gonna make because I mean I was a straight on kicker. Well. I mean, they probably could have found somebody to do that and whatnot, but what she gave them was someone who could directionally kick and without kicking the ball out of bounds, giving it to the opposing team in 35, what she did was her job. Mm -hmm. That kick was exactly what she was supposed to do. And and under the circumstances, Correct. I don't know what's wrong with that. Absolutely nothing. There's there's nothing. I I I thought about that because when I saw it, I was like, okay, well that didn't look all that great. And and I'm glad the announcers made the clear distinction. Hey, this was exactly where what, she was supposed to do. That, she because did people, exactly what she was asked to because do. Because I'm sure people on the periphery that were paying attention because of the history probably would have just seen the kick, maybe stroll through social media like, well, yeah, she kicks like a girl. Well, anybody can and do that. that was on the back of her helmet, too. Uh-huh. I mean, Play like a girl. Play like a girl. But I, I think there could have been some people that, but that was exactly what she was supposed to do. And, I, and it's just, it is extremely disappointing their offense could not get into field goal range. Just to give her a chance. Extremely right. disappointing. Right. That alone probably should be fireable for a Texas <laughs> Now, well, what's ironic about that is so the guy, the guy second most responsible for that ineptitude on the offensive side of the ball is now, now the running head coach. Mm. Yeah, so there's that. I don't think that'll last very long. <laughs> um, well, at least until the end of the season, yeah, more December nineteenth. Yeah. Um, now for her effort, she was named Co SEC Offensive Player of the Week. No, special team. Spe- I'm sorry. Co-SEC Special Teams Player of the Week. Right. This is where it gets interesting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this this is a problem. You you Giving her that award makes it seem more like a PR stunt, not necessarily on Vanderbilt's part, but like you said, on the Southeastern Conference's yeah, part. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the Southeastern Conference kind of did the whole situation, kind of did Sarah Fuller, kind of did Vanderbilt, a disservice. I didn't realize it was a co-special yes. teams. Yeah. Yes. Now, I think that's the issue. I I, I think I agree with with that. I if think there it's was what somebody saying. else that was that was that was deserving. Yeah. Why is she for what she did? Yeah. The the history. I I think it's I think it's okay to receive an honor for history. Um, and 
you know, that wasn't an easy thing for her to do, I don't think. Um, but uh, to make it a co, it, it does kind of soften the what what it is. It it, yeah. it makes it more of waters the PR. It down for sure. Yeah, it waters it down. That's the yeah, it's the phrase I'm looking okay, for. Okay. So Sarah Fuller, place kicker Vanderbilt. Fuller made history Saturday, becoming the first woman ever to officially take the field during a football game in a major conference football game. Served as a Commodore's primary kicker during the team's contest at Missouri. She took the opening kickoff of the second half against the Tigers as her perfectly executed kick sailed 30 yards and was down at the at the Missouri 35-yard line. She is co-special teams player of the week with Kadarius Tony, Florida punt returner, who returned a punt 50 yards for a touchdown, which proved to be the decisive score in the game as Florida defeated Kentucky 34-10. Um... With the Gators trailing 10-7 late in the first half, his return flipped the game's momentum back to Florida, giving them a 14-10 edge at halftime. Um, is the third Gator since 96 to score a passing, rushing, receiving, and punt return touchdown in a career. And it was the Gators' first punt return touchdown since Freddie Swain's 85-yarder against Colorado State on September 15, 2018. Kadarius Tony, Sarah Fuller. I mean, it's it, that that's the problem, I think, and and, and I've I am happy for Vanderbilt. I'm happy for Sarah. I think she did a fantastic job. She did her job, and she did exactly what she was asked to do. Now, there are some who are upset about her halftime rant, where she's allegedly berated the team for their effort or lack thereof. For their support or lack thereof of each other, she said that um, they got a first down at some point during the first half, and it was pretty much silent on the sideline. It's like, hey, we've got to, you know, when we get some momentum, help us keep it. We're on the road. We're we're our only people. We're, we're the we're, only. We're all we got. We're all we got. I like that. Yeah, I like that from her. I don't. I, I don't so have too. a problem with that. You're the. You're an SEC champion. You got <laughs> the a only ring. one on the field. Uh-huh. You yeah. got a ring. Yeah. So you know what? Maybe I'll listen to you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe I'm not mad at you. <laughs> yeah. For trying to help our team. Yep. So there were a lot of people who were upset about that, but I, I well, there I were a lot of people that were upset about a lot of things. Yeah. And what people though were upset about that? The players? I, no. Well No. I, Me media members for the most part. A a a larger contingent of media members on my Twitter timeline than I care to admit. Right. Really. Yeah. Not just one that we all know was probably upset about it. Oh, that's what you get for following him. Well, you got to, sometimes you got to follow some people just for the, uh, the just, other just side. Just to know. Just the, uh, yeah, I yeah. need to know where my opponent's coming from sometimes. <laughs> Keep your friends close. That's right. And your enemies close. <laughs> so, anyway. That being said, Sarah Fuller, congratulations, did a great job. Don't think you should have been SEC uh, uh, Special Teams Player of the Week. That's just me. It will be interesting to, because she has said she'll stay out there as long as they'll let her. Um, <laughs> we'll see how long the team yeah, will Yeah, I mean, with, with a new coach in charge, I mean, I don't know if this has come up with Todd Fitch, but... You know, is she going to kick again this week? Is she going to be dressed again this week? Well, um, do they have any other kickers? I, I don't That's think the they do. I I 
do believe Derek Mason said that she, if she wants to be back out there next week, she can be. Well, and well, when he was calling anymore. the shots, that's, that's true. All fine. He's not in charge anymore. I, but I don't think that's going to change. What does that mean? What does that mean? Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that changes. I could be wrong. I don't know Fitch. I don't know his but if relationship. But they don't have anybody else. That's right. the thing. I mean, are these kickers going to be out of quarantine? Right. That's the question. If they're not, then they're she's in got, the same position. She's right. got a kick. And she's got experience now. <laughs> hey, she's, the jitters are gone. Uh, I, I don't know. I You know, um, I, I, I don't want to take too much longer, but – to your point about the media members, I don't know who they were. I have an idea of who maybe they were, and I probably respect some of them. Some of them I may not. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I don't know exactly what she said, but based on what you told me, I don't have a problem with that. And uh, I think sometimes we as media members um, forget that uh, our word doesn't mean as much as it sh- as we think it should. That's right. Um, that is that is 100 Percent correct, and and for her to have the courage to speak up, you know, it it was it was courageous to do it. Um, it was set up, and she obviously had the support of the head coaching staff and 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 the rest of the administration, and obviously the team I think was supporting her for the most part. But for her to have the courage to speak up at halftime to call those football players out that she just joined the team. I think that speaks volume about who she is as yeah. a competitor. Well, and, I mean, I guess she just said, "Hey, if if, if I'm going to be here, yeah, let's at know. least give an effort." <laughs> yeah, right. can, can we try to play hard, guys? <laughs> it's like I mean, I you know these middle school parents who email us all the time. Those boys work hard too, right? We know that. Apparently, Vanderbilt parents aren't emailing <laughs> because their boys aren't playing hard. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're working on a coach. Right, right. And and who that may be after yesterday, we tried to make some some thoughts. I, I think Mac, Mike McIntyre is the best option. But Kurt Signetti's not a bad one. I think he's the most gettable option. I, I mean, agree. You're, you're going to hear Clark Lee a lot. That Mo, that's the one. You asked me. I didn't have an answer yesterday, mm-hmm. but after doing a little reading – I think that he should be in the top three to four, based just based on his connection to national. I don't have a clue what kind of coach he is. Well, and, but, and, but and his story of understanding and, that, and, so. and 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 I don't know that he's I don't know that he's not a good coach. I, he's the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. He played. Um, he was a multi-sport athlete at Montgomery Bell Academy. His dad was the Nashville Sounds orthopedic surgeon for years. I mean, he's he's got deep roots. He played at Vanderbilt. He he did he walked on at Vanderbilt after beginning a after pursuing a baseball career at um Birmingham Southern and Belmont. And he was he was a bullpen catcher while he was in high school at um for the Sounds. I, I remember seeing him there, there. But um so I mean his his ties to Nashville are deep. I'm concerned with, you know, him being a quote defensive guy. I, I was I was going to mention that because based on what Candace Lee said yesterday, offense is obviously kind of at the forefront of what she looks. Um, she said, "quote a demonstrated ability to run a program and um, 
someone with an offensive mind and charisma who can inspire. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, it sounds like James Franklin. It's a long <laughs> shot. But that's the question. Mike McIntyre, defensive as well. Vandy ties for both. Maybe wrong side of the football that they may think they want. The X factor for Mike McIntyre is that one, um, his dad coach there had some success. He's a former Vanderbilt player as well, like you said. He's been around the block. Uh, I would think he's probably got a pretty good uh, – he's got head coaching experience. Um, wasn't great, but still. Ur- Urban Meyer ain't walking through that door. Exactly. I mean – No, no. Uh, Urban's wife is looking for real estate in Austin. In Austin, yeah. Which <laughs> – there's that. How how comfortable would that situation be with him following one of his former assistants? <sighs> Bad. Anyway. But I don't think he cares. <laughs> He's going to leave in four years with heart problems anyway. <laughs> so, to spend more time with his family. To spend more time with his family. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, coaches, coaching searches are wild, uh, and they're only going to get wilder as 2020 and 2021 get to us, and Mike McIntyre is an option for Vanderbilt. That's that's the best way to put it. He's an option. Looking at an article on the Athletic, I think it's Bruce Feldman because he pretty much does all of their coaching search articles. No, it's Chris Vanini says, "Don't be surprised if," and I always love these. Princeton head coach Bob Sirachi, I guess S U R A C E, gets a look. He's thirty-one and nine over the past four seasons, including a ten and zero season in twenty eighteen. Hmm. Sirasi and Princeton have periodically beaten Vanderbilt in recruiting, like signing former Commodores quarterback commit Chad Canoff in 2013. There you go. Could be an option. Valid points, but there's always some Ivy League, quote, smart school that they always compare. Well, they understand the academic, and there's something to that, but there's always that. But those are good points. Competing head to head in recruiting, I like that though. Yeah. I tell you what, it's if you're getting be, beaten recruiting by Princeton, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to watch this thing because I think you're going to see some names that kind of make you go, hmm. huh? As, as yep, as your boy Steve Harvey would go, huh? exactly. All yeah. right, when we come back, Chip Walters on the other side of the break. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. The playoffs live on TriStar Sports Radio. He's got some open field. Brandon McKean, 50, 40, 30, Keep going, baby. 20. No one is going to catch him. Pierce has got a lane, 40, 35, cuts back yes. in. Come on, baby. And it's a touchdown from Destin Wade to Brady Pierce. The road to Cookville ends Friday night. Summit, Oak Ridge, 
on TriStar Sports Radio. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Maurice Pat, and JP Plant with you here from the TriStar Sports Radio headquarters in Columbia, Tennessee. And it is cool outside. It's not snowing today, though. It's it's very pretty. Although the snow is very nice. I enjoyed it. I don't know if you guys did or not, but I, I liked it. Snow was good. Um, so yesterday we had some trouble with uh, getting Chip Walters on the line and on the air. And so we asked him to join us today. And as we do each week, he is brought to you by the law offices of Blake Kelly. And Blake specializes in accident and injury law. You can give him a call at 615-305-4569. I'm... Three nine. Three nine. That's right. Four five three nine. Sorry. <laughs> this is us. We miss one le- one number every time. Um Chip, welcome in and uh glad we can hear you today. Well, I hope so too. Good to be back. <laughs> well, thanks for thanks for coming back. Um as we mentioned earlier in the show, um we are just getting to you, Chip, because you were on a um, Zoom-ish media availability for um, the Class 4A state championship game of the Blue Cross Bowl this weekend. Uh, you'll be calling that um, Elizabethton Haywood game at 11 o'clock on Saturday on my TV 30, among other stations, with, um, with your sidekick, Kelly Holcomb providing cover, uh, color, and Katie Myers um, with sideline commentary. Um, one of four games you'll have this weekend. Yeah. Uh, uh, West Counts and I are, uh, are, will be doing the Oakland game on Saturday night, uh, the Oakland-Brentwood game. And then on Thursday, uh, Kelly and I have uh, the uh, CPA Lipscomb game. Uh, and uh, we also have the USJ uh, game as well. So we've got two games on Thursday, and, uh, and and I'll be doing two games on Saturday. So it's a busy, busy week with uh, other things going on in Blue Raider country on Sunday and uh, throughout the weekend. So it's a lot happening. Uh, speaking of Blue Raiders, that um that three o'clock game you'll be doing on Thursday between USJ and Davidson Academy also features a former Blue Raider as head coach of the two-time defending state uh, champion Davidson Academy Bears in um Jonathan Quinn. So it's just going to be a big ex MTSU quarterback party up there between Kelly Wes and, and and Jonathan. Well, you got that, and 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 I we were talking the other day about, you know, you look at those, those two games that uh, you got three guys who played in the NFL mm-hmm. coaching three of the four guys, three of the four coaches in the games that we have uh, all played in the NFL with, you know, with Engel and, and Trent and, and, uh, and, and with Jonathan. And matter of fact, if I'm correct, when Kelly broke in to the NFL, his rookie year, he was with Tampa and the starter was Trent. And so, 
so they they obviously have gone back a long ways and and you know throughout time the relationships with between he and Engel and, and and with Jonathan you know the common bond there so it'll be it'll be interesting and these are I mean these are four outstandingly well coached teams on on Thursday and, and it goes for everybody who makes it makes it to cook well you've got to be well coached and they've all done a good job of of um, maneuvering through the COVID minefield throughout the year so looking forward mm-hmm. to uh, getting to the uh, to the finish line a lot of uh, you know as, as many of these coaches have said on the on the teleconferences we've had with them that they weren't really sure they would ever hear the starters pistol much less get to the finish line and to be able to do that is a is a real tribute to their players. Absolutely. The rest of that um, TV lineup for the weekend, uh, the Blue Cross Bowl, at 7 o'clock on Thursday night, the Macaulay-MUS game will be broadcast by um, Jonathan Hutton with the play-by-play, Josh Corey with color, and Don Davenport on the sideline. Uh, on Friday, you've got um, Jeff Hem. Josh Corey and Murphy Fair for the 3A game between Alcoa and Milan the, um, at 11. The 3 o'clock Class 1A game between South Pittsburgh and Fayetteville, you've got um, Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Katie Myers. At 7 o'clock, the Summit Oak Ridge game. Can be heard right here on 101.7 FM. <laughs> there you go. If you, um, if you want to watch, uh, mute it. And that's right, play turn, JP's and, game. And turn up. Um, Mike Epley and Matt Rogers. If you don't want to mute it, you'll be listening to Jeff Hem, Josh Corey, and Murphy Fair for that one. So you're definitely going to want to mute that. One. <laughs> I'm just kidding, just kidding. Again, Saturday at eleven, the foray game between Elizabethton and and Haywood, Chip Kelly and Katie Myers. Uh, the two A game, Kelly. Chip Walters, <laughs> Kelly Holcomb, and Katie Myers. The two o'clock game on Saturday. It's, it's rough getting heckled by your own guys. Hey, no, um, I, it's just funny because you said Chip Kelly, like mm-hmm. the no, coach. Not, no, not yes, that guy. That's why I thought it was funny. Chip not Kelly. that guy. Um, the two o'clock game. I'm sorry. The three o'clock class two A game, which is Peabody and Meigs County. Yes. Three match. Jeff Ham, Chad Withrow, Murphy Fair, and again, Chip. West Counts and Katie Myers handling the Oakland Brentwood game at seven o'clock on Saturday night. And now, how how do you keep West from wearing any Oakland gear in that one? You know, he uh, it's been a long time because I remind West he's getting older, and uh, and and he uh, you know he did this two years ago. He uh, he 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 was paired with me for the Oakland game when they uh, when they won or when they were in the title game. So. He's uh Wes is Wes goes at it from a, a coach's perspective and a quarterback perspective. He's pretty good at at taking off that 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 Homer hat. That's good to hear. It, yeah. So is that why MTSU is playing on Sunday because they had to work around <laughs> your schedule, Chip? I promise you, that's not the reason. No. <laughs> well, I figured. Uh, I mean, hey. Uh, yeah. I good of a reason, is not, that, that Consideration, I'm sure. No, it. Uh, no, it, you know, uh, I, I talked with with Matthew Gillespie for the last several weeks and said, "Hey, just wanted want you to know there's possibilities that you know games could move into those December weekends and 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 we had contingency plans in place, but it, but it, it has worked out uh, so far. 
But I think the biggest thing was, you know, as Chris Massaro tweeted out yesterday that the biggest reason the game was moved to Sunday is so both teams could have, you know, it gives everybody an opportunity to have the most players uh, available uh, at that point. Uh, as middle had to, that came down to what, 5.30 last Friday afternoon when the FAU game was, was canceled. Uh so, uh, you know, this last couple of weeks in the league has been a little shaky as we tried to get through all this. You know, today, Western and Charlotte were supposed to be playing right now, uh, this morning. And uh, that game was called yesterday because of Charlotte's uh, COVID situation. You know, there, there has been – Middle and Charlotte were called off earlier. Well, that one had kind of been penciled in for the 12th, well, that one may be in jeopardy. Who knows? So, you know, the leagues are just trying to put together. At this point, they're also looking at relevancy toward divisional championships, things like that. So uh, it, it can be almost a week-to-week proposition because we're seeing, you know, leagues looking at playing regular season games all the way up through December 19th. Is bowl eligibility a consideration, Chip, or is no that thing. even anything? No such thing. Everybody's eligible. That's correct. I mean, right. yeah, I think it is It is kind of wide open this year, uh, but obviously you put yourself in a, in a better light the more wins you have. Uh, but also the other component to it is uh, GC, uh, GSR, graduation success rate, so, you know, everybody's kind of in play right now. And, you know, if, 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 if I just, if from middle standpoint, if you can get a fourth win this week and is there, is there another uh, regular season game to be had uh, and you could get a fifth, then, you know, you, you put yourself in a better position uh, to be invited somewhere. And, and, you know, some, you know, how many are going to be available and, you know, are, 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 League tie-ins. How strong are they going to be this year? I, I don't have the answers to those questions, but but there's you know there's a lot to be be considered because I think right now all the bowls that were on the schedule are still on the schedule. They may have been uh, changed as far as a date or a time or even a location because I think the uh, New Mexico Bowl has moved into Texas uh, because of the restrictions on things within the state of New Mexico. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what goes on in California because I saw today where Stanford is getting ready to move their entire operation uh, into either Oregon or Washington so they can continue, uh, you know, kind of the same deal that uh, the 49ers are, are having issues with uh, in, in that same part of California with things being shut down. So, you know, there are a lot of plates in the air, a lot of moving parts still for sure. I think I saw, Chip, that the Pinstripe Bowl at Yankee Stadium has been canceled for this year. Okay, maybe it has. And, and uh, like, for instance, uh, the Hawaii Bowl, uh, maybe the Bahamas Bowl may have been moved uh, somewhere into the 48 contiguous mm-hmm. uh, to keep, you know, when you have that overseas travel. Uh, you know, I know this year, for instance, Montgomery is going to have at least two. They, they've normally have had the they're, they're going to have at least two bowl games, right. and I've heard whispers there may be a third one 
uh, one of these that gets moved might be added there or a second one in Mobile. So, uh, so there's still Good some point. of that stuff happening. So, yeah. Because there's no place you'd rather spend four or five days in Montgomery, Alabama. Hey, I'm tell, let me say, I'll tell you this, um, and I'm going to give them credit. Uh, uh, outside of the, you know, the uh, the New Orleans Bowl trip, uh, and yeah, going to Hawaii was nice, and <laughs> Bahamas was nice. But as far as a bowl trip and 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 how a host city treated the teams that were there, Montgomery and Mobile uh, take second place to nobody. They do they do a great job, and I and then. And, uh, and, they, and it's, you know, for fans in this area, you know, M- Montgomery is an easy drive. Mobile is not bad either. So We know. Uh, I've, <laughs> those, I've made yeah, both of yeah, them in the were, last you week. Were, you were just, yeah, you were just there. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it, th- those, are, those have been really good trips. So I don't, I don't think anybody would hesitate to go back to either one. That's uh, that, that's encouraging to know. I, I mean, I'm hearing some teams. You know, you talk about bowl tie-ins with with conferences. I'm hearing that like Liberty may not even go to a bowl despite being in the top 25 because fans don't matter because there aren't going to be many Correct. fans there. So they're looking at television and without and if you have a tie-in with a conference, it doesn't matter if they're bowl eligible or not. You can get anybody. So why would why would you not take? 12 of the 14 SEC teams. I mean, you're going to get better television ratings from SEC versus some other teams. So it's well, going to be and, weird. And this year, you know, and, 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 you know, when you look at it, it is how it is a lot of it is television and it is, it, it is programming in particular for ESPN. And, and when it comes to programming, that also means, uh, th- that is uh, advertising availabilities, and they have, you know, th- they type. Uh, there's a lot of advertising dollars that are uh, based around the bowl games, and so, you know, that's what it's looked at. And you know, I, I can't imagine Liberty not ending up in a bowl game somewhere uh, with as good a year as they've had, but. But yeah, it's you know that it, it's going to be the next couple of weeks are going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out for sure. We are speaking with Chip Walters, the voice of the Blue Raiders. Um, he's brought to you by the law offices of Blake Kelly, who specializes in accident and injury law. You can find Blake on his Facebook page, on his Instagram page, or you can give him a call at six one five three zero five four five. Three nine, um, Chip. In addition to being the voice of the Blue Raiders, will be the voice of the Blue Cross Bowl this weekend with four games on my TV thirty. Um, working two games on Thursday, two games on Saturday. So Chip, rest up those vocal cords, and we will um, look to see you up there. You'll be making the eighty-six step challenge, I guess. We likely will skip that. Well, oh yes, uh, and I'll, I'll have to make it twice on Thursday, or no, twice on Saturday, uh, maybe only making it once on Thursday because we've got back-to-back games at 11 and 3, but uh, we've got the break in between uh, our two games on, on, on Saturday. So look forward to seeing you up there, Mo. Sounds good. Appreciate you joining us again, and um, hopefully we redeemed ourselves on this one. 
Uh, everything was sounded great on my end. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you. Hey, that was sure. Chip Walters, the voice of the Blue Raiders. When we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, it is Top 5 Tuesday. Check with us for our Top 5 Fictional Sports Characters, sports characters here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. I'm Chris Yao, joined as always with Maurice Patton. We are Southern Middle Tennessee Sports, and we're coming to you live weekdays from 9 to 11 a.m. with the most in-depth coverage of local high school sports and more. High school sports is what we do, but it's not all we do. If you want to hear our thoughts regarding the Atlanta Braves, the Tennessee Titans, area colleges, and more, be sure and check us out from 9 to 11 a.m. on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. Don't forget about Top 5 Tuesday and Wild and Wacky Wednesday, 9 to 11, weekdays, 1017 WKOM. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yow, Mo Patton, J.P. Plant with you here on this Tuesday. It is Top 5 Tuesday, and we have our Top 5 fictional sports characters coming at you. But first, J.P. has a couple of quick announcements. Uh, yes, uh, coming up Thursday night, uh, 6 to 8, a special edition of TriStar Sports Live as uh, a roundtable discussion looking back at the 2010 Columbia Lion Football State Championship uh, coaches like Vance Ballou, uh, Stone, Coach Moore, Dickinson, Cox, Harrison, Duncan, and some special players from that team expecting to either phone or zoom in, some telecommunication, some big names we, we anticipate. So that's coming up uh, 6 to 8, and immediately following that on WKOM and WKRM both will be the entire broadcast of the 2010 state championship game as uh, the 10-year reunion uh, remembering that uh, coming up Thursday night. I'm pretty impressed that somebody held on to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, cool. That's good. There All go. right. Fictional sports characters. We will start with JP because he had the most honorable mentions. <laughs> yeah. All right, real quickly. Uh, from uh, Bull Durham, Larry Hackett, Robert Wool's character. <sighs> okay. What does that make you? Larry? Lollygaggers. Um, <laughs> Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. Roger Dorn from Major League. League and uh, Roy McAvoy from Ten Cup. All right. Who's your number five? Number five, Jackie Moon, Will Fair from Semi Pro. That's a great one. Uh, my honorable mentions one is Shooter McGavin. Yeah. Uh, two is Luther Van Dam from the show Coach. Oh. J- Jerry Van Dyke's character. He was fantastic. Anyway. All right. My number five is Sidney Dean. 
Oh, oh little white man can't jump. There and we go. Wesley Snipes was fantastic in that movie. Not only did he help get uh, Woody Harrelson's girlfriend back, but he uh, he turned down a shot to play in the NBA. Michael Jordan asked him to play in the NBA, and he said no. Well, he should have helped Woody Harrelson get his girlfriend back since he helped Woody Harrelson lose, <laughs> lose his, his girlfriend. girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, you, you'll see a theme here with my honorable mentions, um, and I'd say pretty much with lead characters in all these. Paul Crew. Good one. Both Adam Sandler and Burt Reynolds from The Longest Yard. Willie Beeman from Any Given Sunday. Shane Falco. Yeah. And I love my, all three of those. Yeah. And my number five... Jonathan Mox Mox uh, from Varsity Blues. Mox. Mox? I don't want your uh, I don't want, I don't want your, your life. life. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want your life. Yeah. I think it's a dog. <laughs> I love that dog. I think it's a pig. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Ten. Great movie. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, number four. Uh, I'm going bowling movie. Ernie McCracken from Kingpin. Bill Murray. Good one. Uh, my number four is actually a Robert Wool character, okay. Arliss. Oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, man. Yeah. Arliss was fantastic. Yeah, that was good stuff. Uh, my number four, I've mentioned this movie on here before, and neither of y'all were familiar with it, and I bet you've not watched it since. Bingo Long from the Bingo Long, Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings. <laughs> Billy D. Williams, James Earl Jones, Barnstorming, Negro I do League need Team. To watch that. You need to watch it. Yeah. You are correct that we haven't watched that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe that's a Thursday night viewing. There we go. Uh, is it number your, three. Number three? Uh, number three. All right. I'm pairing up. Same movie. Walter Sobak, Sobchak, Sobchak, I believe, and The Dude, both from The Big, oh, Lebowski, Big Lebowski, John Goodman, Jeff Bridges. You really like bowling. Those are two good bowling movies. <laughs> Those are the two good Those are the movies. two good. The only two. No, Alley, Alley Cats from Disney Channel. Alley yeah. Cat Strike was a great movie. Anyway, my number three, Wild Thing, Ricky Vaughn. Okay. All right. Uh, my number three, Pete Bell. Ooh. Nick Nolte. Yeah. Blue Chips. That's Yeah. He was, he was uh, I still am scared about that, uh, that press conference. But anyway. Oh, goodness. Yeah. yeah. Number two. All right, number two, uh, this is another pairing. This is from Caddyshack, Al Cervic and Carl Speckler, uh, Rodney Dangerfield and Bill Murray. I don't think the hard stuff's going to come down for a while. My my <laughs> guess is my number two is JP's number one. I got Crash Davis. Ha! That's my number two as well. Hey, Crash Davis. All right, my number one is Crash Davis, I Bull Durham. <laughs> Best sports movie of all time. My no. favorite movie of all time. The greatest sports fictional sports character of all time is Coach Eric Taylor of the Dillon Panthers. Oh, goodness. That is good. Clear eyes, full heart, can't Clear eyes. Mm-hmm. Okay. My number one fictional sports character, Sid Finch. Ooh. Hey, that dude was a pitcher now. The, yep. 1985, April Fool's George Plimpton Sports Illustrated article. Google it. That's a good one. All right. That's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. We will see you tomorrow at 9 o'clock from 9 to 11. Hey, it's Giving Tuesday, and um, I can't give it to him on air, but uh, it's going to be really cool. We may be. 10 seconds. Yep. Yep. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay cool, Columbia.